Well, you know these guys? I sure do. They know you. Much respected. Tremendous. They are rootsy. Yep. They are... They got it going on. They, yeah. That's they're happening. What was, that's what they're happening. They work hard, they play hard. Yeah, they, they play hard, they work hard. They look good, they feel they, good. That, yeah, I could have said the same Pretty thing. much all you need. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 132, it is our fourth episode of the month of September, it is our 33rd episode of the year, I'm Ethan, and I'm Liam, here to talk about a WWE No Mercy pay-per-view that I thought was pretty good, a Raw that I thought was pretty deplorable, and a SmackDown that I thought was pretty boring, and anything else that gets into a pops into our minds to, to discuss this week. It's going to be a little bit of a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on, uh, I don't know, on modern-day wrestling. Uh, let's start with the pay-per-view. Liam, what did you think of the No Mercy show? Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was one of the better main roster shows of the whole year. Um, uh, pretty, uh, I thought, I didn't think there was anything terrible on the show. Um, I thought there was some stuff that was obviously not great, uh, but I thought overall it was mostly very good. I missed the opener, but I thought the rest of the show, I don't know. I didn't think there was anything bad at all. Like the women, which on paper, that match could have been a real cluster. I thought they tore the house down. Uh, Cena and Roman, they started slow, but they started slow because they were working, you know, a half hour or whatever. They tore the house down. And I saw the main event panned in some circles, but. I thought the main event was fine. It was a sprint. It wasn't a marathon. But I don't mind different stuff on the show. I thought the show had a lot of different stuff. And I thought it was really good. I feel like there's a, there's a sameness to WWE shows and matches. And um, such a pattern to all of their matches. That I thought there was enough different stuff on this show. That it really made it stand out. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. What did you think of the main event with Brock and, uh, Brock and Strowman? I mean, it was, it was a wrestling match, but I mean, Brock. I mean, I heard people comparing this to like Brock's match with Dean Ambrose, and it's like Brock sold his his ass off, his butt off for for Braun. I mean, Braun took most of that match. Um, I mean, look, you and I both said that if it was up to us, if we were booking, we would have put the title on Braun at least for the short term. Um, but that's not what they did. And, but it's not like. Braun was buried or anything. Um, still looked like a monster. Still got to beat up Brock Lesnar for most of a match. Still has been given more offense on Brock Lesnar than almost anybody else. Uh, you know, at least in the last five years or so. Uh, you know, with the exception of Goldberg, probably, um, and maybe Joe to a certain extent. Um, so I, 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 I can't see the problem. I mean, I think people had this in their head that this was going to be. This could be Braun's big coronation, and Braun could be the next, you know, one of the next top guys. I don't think Braun's role, and if you look at the type of guy Braun is, that sort of, you know, the giant, uh, you know, the giant, he's not, the giant in a WWE scenario or WWF scenario 
is never the guy. He's the guy who works with the guys, right? The the exception would be Diesel, and then eventually they got frustrated and turned. Well, it was after a year, but they turned Diesel heel and put the belt back on Brett. But right. I would say I would say Diesel is the exception to that, but that's twenty two years ago, you know. Right. So as like uh, you know, so the the Canes and the Undertakers and the big shows. And even on, you know, Andre, for the most part, he was the attraction. He was a special attraction, but he was really never the champion, uh, you know, at least in, in WWF. So to me, that's that's the role. You know, that's not a bad role. And I'm sure he'll get a chance to be a champion and he'll probably be working as long as he wants to work in the WWE. He'll be kept at a pretty high level. He'll be protected and he'll get to work with the main eventers. So. I don't think this is the end of the world. I understand the idea that he was getting over pretty big as a babyface, and he was getting some strong reactions. And like I said, I think you and I both talked about on the show over the last few weeks. If it was up to me, I probably would have put the title on him at least for a short term. Maybe tried to do like a three match series, do the second match the Survivor Series, and then you do the you know, the rubber match or whatever at the Royal Rumble. But that's not what they're going to do. Um, so I yeah I can't I can't say I I hated it and like I said I understand it's a little weird when you when some of the crazier Braun or Brock matches have involved breaking barricades and tables and stages and tipping over ambulances and all that kind of crazy stuff to just have them kind of go in there and just do kind of a bunch of finishers on each other just do kind of a you know a, a WWE big guy power main event wrestling match. Yeah, it was different, but I, I certainly didn't think it was bad. So it looks like Finn Bauer's next and it looks for Brock and it looks like Brock's not working the TLC show. So that might be survivor series might be whatever's in December. Uh, I think they're doing clash of champions in December mm-hmm. this year or something like that. I guess here's my question. It's like once so they've lined up all these guys. They're going to feed all these guys to Brock. What happens then after Roman wins the title at WrestleMania and you have all these guys that have failed in trying to win the championship, then, you know, wrestling Roman for the belt. I mean, I guess you can change up the roster in April, but <laughs> I don't know. It seems a little bit short-sighted to me to just, or a little bit counterproductive to just line up all these guys for Brock to get rid of. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Like, I understand it, but... I mean, look, I said this six months ago on this show. Finn Balor is the guy I would have beat Brock. And then you could do Finn and Roman at WrestleMania. And whatever you do from there, you could do that. Yeah, I I don't think... Roman Reigns doesn't need a, a sixth coronation. I don't think Roman Reigns... Whatever, whatever Roman Reigns is going to be, he is at a top level of WWE already. And I don't think he needs to be the guy who beats Brock. But if you kind of, if you make Finn Balor, it doesn't have to be Finn. It could be, you know, Rollins or somebody, but you know, you make somebody else into the giant slayer and then you put them against Roman as a top match, you know, the giant slayer versus the guy or whatever. That's, that's a match you could, you know, that, that could, it would be fresh and different. I would like to see, like, I'm, I'm just like Brock, Brock and Roman doesn't light my world on fire anyway. And that's that's just kind of as a match. Not that I didn't like their last match at the the WrestleMania a few years ago in San Jose. It was great, but as sort of a big main event, I feel like uh, you know I would be much more interested in having Finn or some other kind of underdog 
come up and be the one that beats Brock and then have Roman and kind of chase whoever that guy is for the title. That to me would be a more interesting story. But uh, yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board with that. And and um, speaking of Roman, Roman and Cena, I liked their match on Sunday. I would not have had John Cena endorse Roman after the match, but that was like the least surprising thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, they, they, you know, you mentioned his sixth coronation. That was like the fifth coronation there. Cena putting Reigns over and then endorsing him. It's like he could have put him over and then, you know, refused the handshake so you can go back to it somewhere down the road. Like, I don't know why there, other than the fact that Cena's going away for a little while, John turned 40 and, Vince has traditionally not pushed anyone over the age of 40. It's like some magic milestone when a guy turns 40 that he gets rid of him. Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Triple H retired as a full-timer at 40. I mean, Undertaker's the only guy that he's ever pushed beyond the age of 40. So Cena's 40 now, and uh, I guess it's out the door. And some of that's on Cena. But like to me, I would have left the door open to go back to Cena and Roman at some point by having Cena like refuse a handshake after the match eh, or have Roman refuse the handshake after the match. I don't know. It's hard to do that without turning one of them heel, even though they don't really do heel with baby faces anymore. But uh, anyway, that's a very jumbled collection of thoughts on Roman and Cena. I'm just glad Roman didn't break his neck in that match. And I thought he was damn close to doing it on the announce table there. You have any, uh, any thoughts on Roman and Cena and what they did? And would you have had the, uh, I know. I think I know the answer to this question, but would you have had Cena endorse Roman the way that they did? No, I mean it's very similar to the. the I mean, it, and it was the idea was it was the kind of supposed to be the same thing as when you had Rock raise Cena's hand after their second match, um, and it's it's like it's just it's fine, but yeah, kind of after they had this feud where they just tore each, tore into each other and talked about how much they hated each other and they would never respect each other. And then they just have one wrestling match and all of a sudden they're, they're buddies. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, I, I probably wouldn't have done it right then. Uh, I liked the match. I didn't love it. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it was, I guess it's seen his best match. Uh, at least since the rumble, I guess when, with that, that AJ match, but, um, the other thing I gotta say, Cena is like insistent on doing that spot where he goes for the leg drop and the guy turns it into a power bomb. Yeah, the one he broke his neck, yeah, the, his neck on ten years ago. He legitimately broke his neck when he was ten years younger and probably like more healthy. And he just is insistent on doing that bump in like every big main event match he has now. And it just it just irritates me, but um. Yeah, no, it was fine. I don't really have any big complaints. I mean, what you said makes sense that they could have probably drawn this out and done at least at least one more match uh, out gotten out of it. Maybe at, you know SummerSlam next year or something. But I guess that's not what they have in mind for Cena going forward. Tag title match was really good. Uh, poor Cesaro had his teeth jammed up into his gums. It just sounds like the most painful thing of all time. But given the fact that Sheamus and Seth Rollins, Sheamus and Seth worked in that match. I mean, someone was bound to get hurt, even though it looked like Cesaro did that to himself. Um, do you like the tag match? Yeah, I thought this was one of the best WWE, uh, at least one of the best main roster matches of the whole year. 
Um, there are not a ton of main roster matches I can think of that I'll probably go back and watch uh, after, you know, at the end of the year or in the coming years, but this would probably be one of them if I did. Um, I, I loved this. And as you said, it was something, all three of kind of the big main event matches were something different. Yeah, Brock and Brock and Braun were more of a traditional wrestling match. Cena and, and Roman kind of had the more WWE main event style match and involved the table and and a lot of kickouts and finishers and and this was kind of like your like a PWG match or something they I mean, tons of the crazy moves and kickouts of everything under the sun um just all action basically as you mentioned Cesaro getting his teeth jammed up into his gums and then <laughs> having the I mean you can't teach instinct like that immediately went to the hard camera and pulled up his gums so the camera could get a good shot of it before it started pouring blood. Um, what a trooper! <laughs> um, good for him. But uh, yeah, it was that was that was gruesome. Um, but props to him for working through it. And uh, yeah, I was I was expecting Sheamus to then go knock out uh, three of Seth's teeth just to you know show that ring post to his boss, but. Uh, because everybody else sort of uh, made it out of the made it out of that match unscathed, but yeah, I I, I love that match. I thought it was fantastic. I thought whoever laid out the women's match did a really excellent job. And Nia Jax, for as much crap as I've given her and we have given her on this show, she took a power bomb on the floor in that match. That was insane. Now the finish. Why the hell did they pin Bailey? Why was Emma in that match? If they were just going to pin Bailey, for the love of God, like why did they do that? Why didn't I take a power bomb on the floor? Why did they pin Bailey? <laughs> I I don't really have a great answer for either. Um, it was a crazy move. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, Nia Nia worked Nia worked very hard. She they seem to have come up with some more uh, some safer spots for her to do less. You know, her chicken winging people and dropping them on their shoulders and more like Samoan drops and more moves where the uh, other woman gets, gets kind of runs into her and takes her, takes their own bump. Um, so yeah, they did a good match. I don't, I don't know why they pinned Bailey. I understand the story they're going for is that Alexa has cleaned out the division and now Oscar's coming, but I mean, she's already pinned Bailey like 35 times. So I don't know why she had to yeah. pin her again, especially in Bailey's return match, but yep. Exceptionally they, stupid. They just they did it. <laughs> Exceptionally stupid. Uh, I take it back. Maybe there was something bad on the show. Uh, Neville and Enzo Amore, and that kind of transitions in, into talking about Monday Night Raw this week. I didn't love Raw or hate it, except for that main event segment. And calling it the main event segment is a little bit generous. It was the eleven o'clock segment, the top of the eleven o'clock hour segment with Enzo Amore in the cruiserweight division. I know you thought this was a double turn and like Neville turned babyface and Enzo turned heel, but I would remind you they don't do faces and heels. And I'm a hundred percent sure that next week Enzo's gonna come out and be doing his sing along stuff again with the crowd. And this was just stupid and none of it makes any sense. And it was bad. And uh that main event segment, Enzo's promo, like I understand he was trying to be annoying, but um, that was some of the worst stuff on WWE TV in a long time. 
and I we sat through that terrible SmackDown two weeks ago. This was almost as bad as that. Like I hated that segment, and you oh. loved it and thought they did like an Austin and Brett double turn. Kinda, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what? the crowd cheered. The crowd was cheering for Neville and booing Enzo by the end. And the whole point of that segment oh. was that the entire division that Enzo was holding the title hostage and was an embarrassment to the division. And Enzo and uh, and Neville came out to defend the honor of good wrestlers. And then he so he's the out. only heel on the the, the entire rest of the division are baby faces. No, I assume the rest of the heels will go back to being heels. But for the purposes of that segment, you kind of needed him to come out and gloat over the whole division. And you had Neville being even Neville being willing to forego his future title shots potentially. Just for just to get a chance to beat this guy's ass because he was being so annoying. Like I, I thought that. I mean, and the night before, the whole point of the match was that Neville was the superior wrestler in every way, and then Enzo cheated to win the match. So the only other possibility I have is that they think they're turning Enzo into like Eddie Guerrero when he was like the lie, cheat, steal, baby face. Um, but I don't think that's what they're doing based on Enzo's promos and based on them. Like, all of the announcers treat him like a heel. And, again, you're right to a certain extent that they don't do baby faces and heels with everybody. But, like, that seemed very clear-cut. Enzo was annoying and mouthed off and demanded protection from the GM because he was afraid of getting beat up by Neville or any of the other cruiserweights. And Neville was was selfless enough to forego his future title shots, at least for the time being, in order to beat up this guy who was mouthing off to him and was trying to bury his entire division. Like, I thought that was pretty... I thought it was good. Like, look, I totally acknowledge that they killed Enzo, and they sabotaged Enzo, who was a very over, clear-cut babyface for months between the feud with Cass and that weird promo with The Miz, and then everything they've done with him in the Cruiserweight division, where his he's, you know, his whole gimmick is that he can't really wrestle, so he just cheats. He puts his feet on the ropes. He kicks people in the balls. That's that's the thing. Like I fully understand that they sabotaged them to get to this point. But at this point, it's better to me that, you, that they're leaning into it than trying to do the thing where they go, is he going to turn? Is he not going to turn? And then, you know, he, you know, and then like Cedric Alexander sticks up for him and acts like he's still a baby face. And then in six weeks, Enzo kicks him in the balls too and makes, you know, another baby face look like an idiot. Like I prefer them just lean into it at this point, and they and they did on Monday, and so I was like, "Hey, all things considered, this is as good as it's going to get." I will say that is a more nuanced take than I thought you had on this. I thought you were just like taking the the tact that I took originally with Jinder as champion, in that look, I know it's not good, but we're getting it, so we might as well go with it. I thought that was kind of your uh, your take, and I don't think that it, it, we should just accept horrible crap. And that segment was horrible crap. <laughs> I, like, to your point, I apparently am the only one that did not see that as a double turn. And yes, now that it's been explained to me, okay, yeah, I see how you, everyone else in the world came to that conclusion. I just hated it so much that I didn't care to analyze it. <laughs> like, like, it was bad. You're, dude, you're totally allowed to have that opinion. I just, <laughs> I just thought, like, like I said, and I agree that it's silly that we got to this point where we had to do 
something uh, resembling a double turn. I'm not denying that. But like like I said, if you're going to do it, at least lean into it and go for it. Don't do the thing where you – is he turning? Is he not turning? Don't do the thing with Paige and – do you remember the Paige and Charlotte thing from like two years ago where Paige like turned on her and then like turned back and teamed with her and Becky again and then she turned again like six weeks later? Like don't – and I'm sure there's a billion other examples, but that for whatever reason is the one that came to mind. Like – I prefer that if you're going to do the, if you're going to make Enzo just an annoying jerk, make him an annoying jerk all the time. And he didn't do his sing-along stuff when he came out this week. So, yeah, I think it's better. Like, again, you might be right. And next week, maybe you'll have Michael Cole talking about what a create courageous, tough guy Enzo is. And I'll be, and I'll be wrong. But from what I said, what they made a segment where the point was that Enzo was a coward and a jerk and he got his comeuppance. And I don't I don't have any problem with that. I mean I do in the in a sense, but I like this is what we got and I don't know what else to say. Like at this point the crowd's turned on him, the crowd is booing him, so you might as well make him a heel. All right, I'm not going to fight yet anymore on this, but to count on the announcers to do anything. It's like each announcer and they produce so much television that I think Vince is just looking out for buzzwords now, but it's like, it's something different with the announcers every week. It's like, I think the last two weeks, there's a directive to like call holds. Like for years, you, we've been told Vince doesn't like calling holds because Vince stopped knowing the names of holds 23 years ago when he took himself, you know, 20 years ago when he took himself off commentary because he didn't know the names of the moves anymore. So Vince is like, well, if I don't care about the names of the moves anymore, no one does. So we're not calling holds anymore. Just tell stories. Well, the last two weeks they've been calling holds left and right. Like, I don't, I don't know if you if you noticed that at all, but, and then it's like Graves is a heel except there are certain heels that he doesn't like. And I actually like that because Heenan and Jesse even used to do that to a certain degree. And those are, you know, those guys are like the gold standard of heel color commentators. So I, I get Graves doing that, but Booker was a total heel this week and Cole just ripped something was just ripping Booker apart on, on commentary this week because Cole can't get out of his own way either. And we, you know, generally like Cole, but he was, he was awful this week, but like there's so much screwy stuff going on with the announcing like Booker and Cole were terrible this week. Graves is trying to do his own thing, but he's operating, you know, he can't operate in a vacuum. He has to interact with the other two guys. They're calling holds left and right. Cole doesn't know the names of any of the holds. So Graves has to <laughs> clue him in on the names of the, like, Oh, the announcing is a mess. I wouldn't count on the announcers to get anything over. Did any of that stand out to you? Or am I also imagining <laughs> those things this week man i like i tuned out the announcers to this point that i unless that somebody does something really horrendous i generally don't pay attention to what like i did notice that booker was especially bad last night like he was at like there was like at when they were going towards the the miz and roman match he's like is that a title match and Cole had to, like no no it's not it wasn't announced as one and then, like, they were talking about how Titus had helped Akira Tozawa, and he's like, how did he help Tozawa? And Michael <laughs> let go, uh, Tozawa won the Cruiserweight Championship a month ago. And Booker went, oh. Like, so clearly Booker, I don't know if Booker's on his way out or what, but he seemed to really not pay attention. He was really weird in the Gold Dust match, too. But, um, yeah, 
I, I don't know. I mean, the announcing's that's not that's not a headline for me that the announcing is bad. I'm sorry. Sure. I, I'm not saying it's bad either. I'm just notice, saying I've noticed some weird stuff within okay. the last couple of weeks. Like calling, like calling okay. holds. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll try to pay more attention, although that goes against my instincts. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Smackdown this week, they doubled down on the racist Jinder Mahal stuff. They had to make fun of the way Nakamura looked this week, although they didn't make fun of his uh, of his accent. So I guess, I don't know. We didn't talk about any of the racist ginger stuff last week. I don't know. This has been covered to death. There's so much in the, in the world to be outraged about that. Racism I find a hard bad, guys. That's our hot take on this. <laughs> yeah, they did, but they, uh, they did more of it this week. Smackdown aside from that and Dolph being really annoying again. And, uh, Owens and Zane having a good main event and Shane rushing to Zane's aid at the end of that show. SmackDown was kind of a nothing show this week. Yeah, there's not not a lot to it. I guess they announced that uh, New Day and the Usos will be inside Hell in a Cell as well. So we got two cell matches now for the show. Um, which is, I mean, that's that's the closest thing to I feel like a real blood feud. I guess I guess Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon is a literal blood feud thanks to that headbutt. But um, uh, yeah, so that's I guess that's cool for them. Their tag teams are getting a chance to kind of have a big featured uh, uh, match on the card. But uh, they're doing Charlotte and Natalia for the women's title on that show. Uh, Rude and Dolph. Uh, I think Orton and Rusev again. Uh, happy Rusev Day, by the way, to everyone. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, and also with you. <laughs> um, and but- with your spirit. And with your spirit, um, <laughs> but uh, and an extra piece for Lana. Um, <laughs> what? Wait a minute! Cut that out. You can't ever give me crap again on this show. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that, pal. The, uh, AJ and Corbin. AJ and Corbin too. Yeah, that sounds like it'll be bad. Um, <laughs> be the worst AJ Styles pay per view match of the year. I don't know that one Kevin Owens one where they had the weird screwy finish uh, was really bad, but it'll it'll I don't it'll be one of the worst AJ Styles matches probably of AJ's entire career. Um, although he probably I'm sure he had to wrestle Kevin Nash a whole bunch in TNA, so maybe Oof. maybe not. But uh, well, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, if anybody can get like a really good Corbin match, it's probably AJ Styles. Um, but they're already I mean they're just. They're disappointing me. Like, they, they got my hopes up when AJ Styles talked about bringing back the open challenge. And he did, like, he did it twice, and both times he wrestled Ty Dillinger. And now he's just going to wrestle Corbin at the pay-per-view. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I was hoping, oh, okay, if he does the open challenge, that means we're going to get, like, an awesome 15- or 20-minute uh, AJ Styles match every week on SmackDown. That'll make that show actually worth watching for me. And instead, we're not getting that. So AJ just comes out and like, sits on commentary well. AJ is the third wheel of a Baron Corbin Ty Dillinger feud right now. Um, this, bring, this brings up, like, I think they're very aware that AJ is 40 years old. And, like, I think he's kind of on the Randy Orton house show schedule where he gets a weekend or two off of house shows every month and they don't have him wrestle on TV, TV every week because they know he's 40. I'm all, I'm, you know, 
doesn't make the show any better every week when there's no AJ Styles match. But like, cool, let's preserve AJ Styles so we get like five or seven more years of AJ Styles pay per view matches. You know what I mean? Like, I'm on, I'm on board with that. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I just, you know, I wish you wouldn't get my hopes up with things like the open challenge. Then I'm gonna. At the risk of body shaming, I want to mention, like, you mentioned Dillinger and Corbin this week. Watch Dillinger on that show, and this is a this is ultimately a good thing. Like, Dillinger looks like he's picked up about 10 pounds since mm-hmm. jumping from, from NXT to SmackDown, and it's all, uh, it's not, uh, not muscle, but I'm sure it's really hard to eat well on the road. But like Dillinger and Carmella are people that since they've come up to the main roster and both I thought had just like these ridiculous, you know, 0% body fat physiques before. I think they both look very healthy <laughs> and they both picked up weight and that was very noticeable this week to me. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, ball's back in my court now. <laughs> Dillinger. Dillinger's uh, what made yeah. me think about it this week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you should cut all of this out. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what you want me to do with <laughs> with Ty Dillinger gain some weight. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. So tells me it's going to be a little more stream of consciousness this week. And <laughs> do, you do, you want, do you want to talk about Charlotte and Natalia or something like uh, that, I or or, um, Car- or something Carmella actually did or like? Uh, I don't know why they. You know, well, they, they got the briefcase on Carmella, so they just beat her every week. I noticed that, but that's that's just how they book, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. That she brings James Ellsworth out on a leash every week now and. There's not really any development in the story. She just does that now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited for, for Natalia and, and Charlotte. I feel so often, I'd... for the last six months or so, we've just gotten so many multi-women matches, on, especially on SmackDown. And we obviously just had one on Raw this at the Raw pay-per-view. So just the idea of, like, just, like, a one-on-one match between, like, two good wrestlers that's that sounds exciting for me i'd be excited if i haven't seen that like a hundred times in the last three years that's fair but, but it's it's usually good and i mean there's not a lot of other yeah. pairings that natalia could have i mean i guess you could do natalia and becky but they they hate becky so <laughs> is it because our accent like her work is good I, I mean probably right like that's yeah, but like, why did Sheamus get pushed? That or like, him? they don't like her hair or something. Ugh. All right, it's getting weird now. Um, I'm not going to body shame anyone else. I don't have anything else <laughs> that I need to get into this week. Uh, I don't care about the Ring of Honor pay per view that was this past weekend. Uh, <laughs> status quo there. Uh, I think the Young Bucks invasion of Raw is lame. Um, good for Cody for signing a, a big money deal with Ring of Honor, I guess. I don't really care about anything else in wrestling this week. Do you have anything else that you want to get into, or should we get out of here? Uh, just as a just a little s- sidebar drive by. Watch if if you're looking for just like a good wrestling show every week, watch NXT because right now they're doing like Adam Cole's on the show every week, and they're doing I think his first match is airing 
on this week's uh, the episode that airs this week, Tim and Eric Young, and uh, everything they've done with uh, with Adam Cole and kind of the Drew McIntyre and Fish and O'Reilly had a really good match with uh, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate on uh, on NXT television. So like, if you're just looking for like a good, easy to watch, forty five minute wrestling show every week, NXT is still that show. And I think it's it's found the magic that it kind of lost for for maybe most of last year. That's good to hear. Because like I was really after uh, sitting through Raw this week, I was really not in the mood for like two more hours of typical WWE storytelling on Tuesday night for SmackDown this week. So maybe I should have just held off until NXT on Wednesday. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our, our proud uh, single father. Uh, Hunter looking out for us. Papa Hunter still still out there doing his best for us. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing we talk about all the time. It's like why why do we watch five hours of Raw and SmackDown? Like why don't like one of us could watch NXT, the other one of us could watch New Japan on Access, and we could like enjoy ourselves for a week or two. But we kind of seem to forget, and then by the time the five hours over, we're like, nope, that's enough wrestling for me. Yeah, we have well, we have a lot of self self loathing. Like that's that's well documented. <laughs> that's well documented. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, before it gets too real, uh, that's it for this week. <laughs> until until next too time, late. I'm Ethan. Until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm never going to comment on any woman's physique on this show. <laughs> I can't make that same promise. And we'll be back very soon more stories from the wrestling life goodbye bang bang <laughs> thanks for listening to the wrestling life a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. I'm sorry I derailed the show that way, but no, it's just like I, you know, I deserve whatever punishment I get for speaking my mind. No, it's it's 
Like, you're, like I, I, I just had no, I couldn't take it anywhere. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> no, I know. I put you in an impossible position. It's like, well, okay. Like, that's yeah. totally a conversation I could see us having not on the air. <laughs> like, that's something I could see. Like, if you were sitting in my house and we were just chatting during a pay-per-view. Like, yeah. Oh, Ty's, you know, Ty's put on a little weight. And, or Carmella's put on a little weight. She looks healthier now to me. She looks less anorexic. Like, that would be fine. Yeah. But maybe not, like, there's not, there's not a, it's not a conversation piece that I would want to, I would probably put on, you know. No, but you making, you making fun of me makes for a good wrestling podcast. Us agreeing on everything doesn't make for a good wrestling podcast. You know what I mean? We didn't even, well, we didn't agree on that much this week. So, (laughs) in a rare edition. That's fair. Hold on, how are you? Um, call the ambulance. Uh Got a headache, got, you know, all that stuff. I'm exhausted. Uh-huh. I needed, I never required a two hour nap after I got home from work today. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's awful. How about you? How are you feeling? Uh, better than I was last week for sure. Um, that's good. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I have I have another interesting work story. All right, let's lead with that. All right, so there's this guy who's been working there for a couple months now, um, and he's just like he's very he's very kind of weird. He's very quiet. Uh-huh. Um, nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, mm. But he and he was and he pretty consistently gets leads, and to the point where I at one point <laughs> nickna- I nicknamed him the Silent Assassin. <laughs> um, so uh, recently, I found out that. Uh, that all of his leads basically don't go out. Um, and when the, the phone, uh, the people who worked the phones were kind of calling to confirm his leads, they were getting stories like, I just signed up so he would go away. <laughs> I, I just signed up because I felt sorry for him. <laughs> um, that kind of stuff. So it's like, he gets like four or five leads a week, and yet he hasn't had a lead actually go out for a, for a demo in like two months. Okay, so he's already kind of on like weirdly thin ice, but we're <laughs> we're low on people. So, so yesterday, he he announces to me and to the manager of the department that he took his car in to get worked uh, on, and he left his clipboard and his shoes in there. <laughs> <laughs> so he's wearing another pair of shoes, of course. He can just show up barefoot. <laughs> But, but <laughs> that would be silly, right? But for some reason, he's not wearing socks. So, like, before we he even gets out of the car, when we're about to drop him off, he's like, "I already have some blisters on my feet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can go out today." Um, this is after we've driven to Joppa from Bel Air. He tells us this, um, right? So, but he's kind of like he's not brave or like. He doesn't have enough self confidence to like just come out and say definitively, say, like, "I'm not going to get out of the car," right? Like, which is like we're not. I mean, we can't physically force you. If you say you can't work today, you can't work today, right? That's, you know, but he won't say that. So my boss, uh, who's with me, who because we have so few people working right now, is having to come out and and kind of canvas with uh, with the rest of them. It's like, all right, we'll get out. So. He gets out for a little bit. We're driving around the neighborhood. We pick up some other people to take them to a new place. And we just, I drive past the little area that this guy, uh, we'll say his name is Bradford. Um, 
drive by Bradford, and Bradford is sitting on the edge of the, sitting on like the corner of the street, with his shoes off, and like waving at, at me to try to get me to stop. <laughs> so we pull in, and he's like, "I just, I just can't work today," and my boss is like. Okay, well, we have to clock you out. He's like, well, can you take me back to the office? He said, no, because we're in Joppa, and can't, <laughs> we can't leave everybody else here for a uh, you know, round-trip 45 minutes to an hour just to take you back because your feet hurt. So that was yesterday. <laughs> Another thing is, so their job is to knock on doors and talk to people. If they knock on the doors and don't talk to the person, then they're supposed to leave a little uh, door hanger flyer with our number and the company name and all that on there. And it's like, it's right. part of the job. It's repeatedly being told to them by the managers, by the higher ups, of the companies, they really want people to hang out, hand out these door hangers. And so today we were going to pick him up and my manager and I are looking and it's just like, we can clearly see he did not put out any door hangers. Uh-huh. So he calls and says he's done. And so my manager is like, did you put out any door hangers? It's like, uh, no, I forgot for a while, and then when I remembered, I didn't want to just put it, put them out on some houses because I thought that would look weird. And <laughs> and my manager said, "So you thought it would be better to not put out any <laughs> than to put out some?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs> so my manager is like, "Do you remember the last time you did this?" And I told you the next time you did it, I was going to make you go and put door hangers on every single house if you did this. He's like, "No, I don't remember that." <laughs> He's like, well, you're going to go put them on every single door. So he made him do that. And I laughed horrorously. But so originally he was going to fire him tonight. And I guess he backed off the ledge because if he fired him tonight, there would be exactly one canvasser going out tomorrow. So so he's still got a job for another week or two while we try to hire him. but my, I mean, my thought process is, if his leads aren't going out, all we're doing is just paying him to hang out with us. So, right. and he's and he's not that fun to hang out with. So, <laughs> at this point, what difference does it make if we like if we <coughs> if we take him out or not? If right. He's not doing us any good. But but I'm not, I'm not the official boss. I just I just help supervise. So I'm not I'm like whatever whatever man, <laughs> whatever you think. <laughs> is best, I guess, but yeah. What a, what a preposterous, what a preposterous person. These are these are the kinds of people you meet working these kinds of jobs. Yeah, like the image of a, a grown man. He's older than me, anyway. He's just like sitting in the street with his fucking with his damn shoes off. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. so ridiculous. All right, let's get let's get in and out of here before my computer crashes tonight. Okay. All right. I'm not even going to do anything all that structured. It's just going to be more free flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects, as they used to describe the uh, the Bill Simmons podcast. Um, yeah, pay per view Raw SmackDown. I don't know. Did you listen to Cena on Edge's show or no? No. I mean, I I read a all recap right. of what he said, but that's all, that's all I did. So. <laughs> We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Great. If it comes up in talking the pay per view, anyway, whatever. Let's get out of here. All right. <laughs> I try to keep on keeping on.